0: This is BetMGM MGM tonight. tonight. Oh. Join us for live sweats. Oh. Yes. let go, 80, That five. was a big balls three. Three minutes ago. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. It goody Kent
1: sucks. Jordan Addison ran a 5'340, and he's Tristis height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have
0: done? bet on the Wizards. Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvath, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashu. You got the Timberwolves up 94-82 on the Wizards, 63-56, Memphis over Miami. Terry Rozier, scary Terry Ryan making his heat debut. Five points, one of five from the field in 12 minutes. That's okay. Just, there's, there's time. You know, it's all right. Yeah. It's the third quarter, but you know. It'll be all right. Uh Hornets and Pistons, two of the worst, just most awful teams in the NBA, tied at one hundred. Oh, sorry, now the Hornets are up one hundred two one hundred. That is that is just that is two bad teams. But your Bucks up ten right now. I don't
1: know how people Yeah I get how people watch the NBA every night and buy league pass. betting on the NBA every night.
0: Props, baby. Got to do the props. I couldn't do it. You take too many sides and totals in this, go down the prop hole. I told you, man. Just betting Brandon Miller props from now on. Every big that plays the Wizards, you just take the over on rebounds and points. It's happening again tonight with Rudy Gobert. In fact, I think, let me make sure. uh, No, he's still at 11. Okay, I'm going to be quiet. It's the fourth quarter now. Shh, I need three. I don't want to mush it. There's no mush here actually, so this is good. We're going to we're going to keep it that way. Uh of course, the biggest news of the day though, Jim Harbaugh just before the show, the news broke taking over the Los Angeles Chargers head coaching job and there is nobody on this earth that is more happy than Jeff Feinberg, Mayo Media, Odds Checker, and Chargers fan that I'm looking at your Twitter feed right now, my friend, or X feed, or whatever the hell we're calling it, and you, sir, are as happy as a giddy little schoolboy playing NFL Blitz with the Chargers and old Chargers highlights. I'm assuming you had dinner at P.F. Chang's tonight, too, while you were at it?
2: Uh, You know what? Sadly, we don't even have P.F. Chang's here in Toronto. But I could just drive – I should drive to Buffalo right now just to get some P.F. Chang's, yeah. I was playing off that classic uh, original Twitter tweet by uh, the Chargers from all those years ago. I'm thrilled. Uh, I don't know. Just it's so weird, like to go from Brandon Staley, Anthony Lynn, Mike McCoy to now Jim Harbaugh. Like it just feels like uh, we're serious people, guys.
1: Yeah, I'm excited, man. I mean, it's the AFC West, so you'll have to play Mahomes twice a year per usual. But, I mean, I'm really excited that Herbert finally has a real head coach, an offensive-minded head coach. You look what Harbaugh's done with every single quarterback he's coached at the collegiate level and in the NFL. Um, what do you think that they have to do? I mean, I know that that's, there's a lot that they have to do because I believe they're $40 million over the cap and they have the fifth overall pick. What do you want to see him do? Because, I mean, I worry a little bit about the wide receiver room. Mike Williams, uh, rarely healthy. Keenan Allen had a pretty solid season, but he's making a lot of money. Quentin Johnston looked like a bust. You know, would that be the way that you look? Wide receiver, or what do you think this team needs the most?
2: Okay, so you mentioned that they are in a bit of a cap situation. Uh, Comparatively to some teams who have been in this situation in the past, it's actually not that difficult to fix for them. There is a moment where they're gonna to have to peel the band-aid and they shouldn't kick it down the road. But the combination of Bosa Mack, Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams, uh the four of those players each may like are probably making close to like eighty or ninety million. So there's gonna be a decision on on maybe two or three or whatever Jim Harbaugh wants to do. Although you saw teams like Tampa and the Rams this year successfully attack Dead Money. Uh, I joked this week that Dead Cap builds culture. Dead Cap builds culture. If you could successfully <laughs> navigate Dead Cap by having to play a lot of kids and have a great draft class, you come out of that in a good way. Now, that's like a bad case scenario. You ask about the fifth overall pick, um, a weapon. Uh, neighbors, Brock Bowers. Uh, Or they build a tackle and do what Detroit has done with Slater and you put a tackle on the other side and you say guys go get Herbert like Justin Herbert's got the arm if he has the time so they have a lot of needs though Ryan a lot of needs all over the team they could use that pick at any of the premium positions outside of quarterback and I'm excited Jim Harbaugh you've been on the Chargers having a good draft class. Like, I don't know what next year's win total will be. Obviously, I'm hoping for the best, but you've seen some of the great college coaches come in right away, and they know. When we're drafting, like, a guy from the Big Ten in the fifth round, you know that's a guy. Like, you guys just know in football land. I mean, Pete Carroll had, I think, three straight draft classes building that Seahawks team. So I I can't wait. I I can't. I'm fired up. The fifth overall pick and Jim Harbaugh, That night in Las Vegas changed the fortunes of the Chargers and the Raiders. If you let me, I'd do a minute bashing Tom Telesco if you want.
0: Feel free, actually, because we were just talking about him earlier. Go ahead. Go in on him.
1: Yeah, especially the tweet that called (laughs) him, um, what, built one of the better rosters, the best roster in the NFL. I want to know who wrote that for him.
2: Okay, so let's be perfectly clear. I never really called for Telesco's job until this past year because he always kind of did enough. He always did enough. Just when you were ready to kick him out, he'd make the playoffs in that like third year, or you know, he'd draft Justin Herbert. It'd just always be enough. But they didn't win a division title in a decade, guys. I think that we want the Chargers won three playoff games. I can't remember the last second through sixth round pick that the Chargers have given an extension. <laughs> He's hit on a couple first rounders. We know that. And people take that into the offseason each year to say this is a talented team. It was a talented team that never had a single layer of depth. It was a stars and scrubs roster that that never survived a moment. And you guys saw it each year. So I don't know how, in a league where we see a lot of retread coaches, but retread GMs, they're they're rare. They're super rare. They're GMs that won multiple divisions, that went to Super Bowls. That had actual success that we did not see reappear somehow this guy reappears in the division it was a 62 to 7 night on a thursday but it culminated in in an interim linebacker being named the head coach and then bringing in tom telesco as a raider hater that 62 to 7 thursday will have sent both teams in very different directions, friends.
1: Yeah, you look at and look at the other look at the AFC West, man. You have mm-hmm. Sean Payton, you have Andy Reid. Now you have Jim Harbaugh, and then you have, like you said, a former linebacker. Which, like, I hope for the best for the Raiders, but I don't think that ends well. Um, so, like, what do you think are realistic goals this year? Just get back to the playoffs, win a Super Bowl in the next three years. Uh, you know, what, what do you think realistic goals are this season? Now that Harbaugh is coming and he's going to work with Justin Herbert.
2: I'm not really sure, but just, like, instant improvement. Put it this way. <laughs> people talk about Mahomes in the division, and that, that you can't change that. But let's not also hide from the reality of what just happened this year. The Cleveland Browns used four quarterbacks. Houston drafted second overall last year. The, the, the Gardner Minshew had a, pl- a win-and-in situation. For all the talk of how, like, difficult it is, Look at these playoff pictures and what was happening for that last seed and even going back a year before or the year before that where the Chargers played the Raiders and couldn't do it. So there is a path. And that's what makes what happened this past season even sadder and more pathetic. Yes, Herbert got hurt, but the her, the injury almost saved them from a, an embarrassing ending with him being healthy. If you guys, you know, if you were watching what was happening. um. Oh, yeah. So truth be told the path is like with that x since they added that seventh playoff spot and i'm blessed as a team as a fan of a team in the same division as patrick mahomes they essentially added that extra wild card spot as mahomes entered the league so no one should feel more grateful for that spot than the competition in the division with the greatest quarterback on planet earth but it exists and just look back at what's been able to compete for that playoff spot so why shouldn't anyone with a competent head coach it's like the blind betting you have your buddies who go to vegas i know they're squares but it's like i don't know who to bet i'm just betting the team with the coach and the quarterback why might be the chargers a lot next year now
0: (laughs) speaking of those chiefs of course they're going to be at baltimore this weekend three and a half point dogs against the ravens and a ravens team that's playing as good as they can on really both sides of the of the ball. And just when I, when I watch the Ravens, I see an offense that's humming, I see a defense that's clicking right now, all at the same time. Yet they're still in the back of our mind. And Ryan and I both talked about this, Jeff. It's like you still, even with the receivers that you have in Kansas City, it makes it really hard to just write off Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid.
2: Chiefs fans love me because I've never written them <laughs> off. Not at any moment. <laughs> They all see doom and gloom. I'm like, you guys are going to be fine. You're going to be right where you want it, You're literally taking the Patriots script. It's almost like next year. You hope to catch the chiefs early. Hopefully we get the, give us the chiefs early because they feel like the new Patriots. They'll just be in this spot. They have this quarterback. That being said, you catch me at this moment, guys. And I like, I'm, not, I'm pulling for Baltimore because I can't see, I, I don't want to see a division rival win triplets like that's just really annoying and the fact that uh you know, i feel a connection now to the ravens a support with brotherly love at head coach so <laughs> i feel like i'm pulling for the ravens even harder in the last two hours and want to support them and their endeavors but all kidding aside it should be a fantastic game the the injury aspect is trending more in baltimore's favor as gamblers we see this point spread and we're like we're being tricked right we're being tricked like how do we not just play the other side you know there's something going on here we got to just take Mahomes at this plus money but I I kind of do lean Baltimore
1: uh really quick going over to golf I saw that you uh like Colin this week you had 12 to 1 Uh, anything else that you like this weekend right now I believe uh Patrick Cantlay is the favorite he's seven under today
2: Yeah, so something you got to take note of this week, guys, is that there is a two-course split. It is a north course. It is a south course. And um, the scoring is incredibly drastic. It's actually embarrassingly drastic. I saw from PGA Tour Communications, the guys on the south course today shot a combined, uh, I want to say, three under par. So... Anyone playing the who anyone who kind of held their own who's gonna get a go tomorrow and play the easier course could be a look. A guy like Minwoo Lee, who can go blackout, uh, lights out hot, you know, he's at 70 to one. Tony Finau held his own at two under uh, on the difficult track today and is still at his pre tournament number of 25 to one. And who's a guy I almost did bet, but uh, I did bet Morikawa and and Oberg and they're kind of both at their starting numbers at around 11 12 to 1 and Ludwig's even between 22 and 25. So that's where my money is and you can almost still get on it for my entry price.
0: He's Jeff Feinberg. I want to congratulate you and all of your Chargers fan brethren. Congratulations. You have a real head coach out there now.
2: Thanks, man. Thank you, Ryan. Thank
0: you, Nick. <laughs> See you, man. Yeah, it's uh I it's got like when I with the with the way that he was talking about the Chargers, see, this is what I love about sports, right? Betting aside, like, come on, we're all sports fans here. When we do this too, like, I mean, I guess some people just bet and they don't care, yeah. but like you and I are sports fans. We grew up sports fans. That's the way that it is. Yeah, part of being a sports fan is suffering. Like it's just that's that's how it is. Unless you grew up a Patriots fan and you were like six years old and year 2000, and then you just kind of dealt with mostly winning. Most fans have to suffer for a long period of time. When you have these moments where you feel like your team is actually a winner, when you feel like your team has actually turned a corner, when you feel like your team is actually, I don't know, something to be taken seriously, finally, with real adults in the room running the show, I can certainly relate to that as a Commanders fan, because I'm in the same boat that he is. We don't have our coach yet, but we needed to get rid of the owner first, and we've done that. The Chargers now have their coach. You were worried earlier this year, even though you've been a Packers fan that's had nothing but uh, great quarterbacks for, you know, over two decades, you may have a third franchise quarterback that could be a Hall of Fame quarterback one day, but you suffered the roller coaster at least this year. And you got a taste of what it feels like for so many of these other organizations and fan bases that deal with nothing but crap every single year.
1: Yeah, and I mean the Chargers have had the quarterback though, right? They went from Drew Brees, who they gave up on because of the shoulder yep. injury, to Philip Rivers. That's true. You know, to Justin Herbert. So they've had good luck with quarterbacks. They just they've had good luck building rosters. Mm-hmm. I mean, like on paper, the team that Telesco brought in, I mean that's I mean, that's, that's that's a Madden team. Yeah. I I'm not gonna. I, I I went undefeated and won the Madden Super Bowl with
0: them.
1: <laughs> I mean, did on, you really on paper? Oh yeah, <laughs> on paper like Joey Bosa, Cleo Mack, Derwin James, Asante Samuel, like. That defense is stacked, but the scheme, like the like, and that was what Brandon Staley was hired to do: fix the defense. And the defense instead regressed after Anthony Lynn left, which I didn't think was even possible. So they've always had the talent, but now they have the coach, and we know Harbaugh is the right guy because we've seen him win everywhere. He's never had—I mean, he's never went anywhere and lost. He's had losing seasons, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, I I think that he's going to turn that thing around. I'm excited for Justin Herbert. I'm excited for Jeff, and I'm excited for. You know the rest of the Chargers fans. I said I thought. Would you say all five of them? Yeah, all five well, of them. Maybe
0: six, because you got to remember they have the Plant Lady too. <laughs> she's really a fan. You're such a conspiracy no, she's theorist. She's also a Vikings fan though. Oh. Too you know, Well, it's like because her kid is like plays for her kid plays for a Pee Wee league, that, and the team is the Vikings. That's why she wore Vikings. Not gear. buying it. All right. Well, I don't nah. know if I can convince you otherwise, Not but I'm just it. I'm just telling you. Yeah, I I really listen. I just want to see what what maximized Justin Herbert looks like. The more good quarterback play that we have in the NFL, it's better for absolutely everyone. Because the last thing we want is mediocrity. And really, let's be honest, Tom Brady was right this year. There was a lot of mediocrity in in the NFL. You can call it parody. Sometimes it just is. This was kind of like mediocre parody. Cody Tapp, live from Kansas City, next. BetMGM the night. now back to bet mgm tonight on the betql network presented by bet mgm mavs up 43 30 on the suns now we just had a little uh little scuffle ryan a little scuffle not too much grant williams is uh, a in instigator he's one of those guys right it's one of the reasons why the mavs wanted him right great defender yeah you know he's uh so he Basically, just knocked Kevin Durant down and did the whole like, let me walk over you and step over you and stand there. Yusuf Nurkic came in and just pushed the hell out of Grant Williams. Grant Williams goes up and lowers his shoulder into him. And so, yeah, that's what we have going on right here now. Uh, Mavs up 13, though, at least on top of that. So, Suns, it's going to take the Suns this entire season to figure it out. And then some. That's part of the issue. It's like you can't put three guys together. Durant, and Booker have barely played together. Then you throw Bradley Beal into the mix, and then these guys miss time because they're hurt. People need to get ready. Like, the Suns might be in the play-in tournament because they just won't be out there consistently enough developing chemistry.
1: They are figuring some things out, though. You know what I mean? I mean like some, for the Suns, but... Suns, I feel like they only need to be, like, a top-six seed. They just have to avoid the play-in, I would
0: argue, you know? Yeah, I mean, listen, they had a five-game win. We're talking about, you know, uh, then they... I just think it should still be a five-game win streak. Look, I get it, right? Like, yes... They are a team. Yeah, they've won six now. I was going to say it wasn't five anymore because they won again. So they have won six straight, and I understand that. But there's going to be ups and downs with this team. But they are talented. And that's, yeah. you know, sometimes that's talent gets you a certain place in the NBA, and it's called the playoffs still, no matter. Look at Luca, a little step back. It's just so pretty. I mean, it's just so, come on, guy. How, how can we not, how can people not appreciate this? Those Mavs jerseys are weird. Does Lucas
1: still hate the Suns now that it's kind of a... Well, yeah, because Devin Booker. Yeah, Devin
0: Booker. Yeah, so that's what makes this even better. So it's rivalry week in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah, we got those rivalry games. NBA's trying, man. They're trying to do the best they can, right? Yeah. I mean, guys playing, that's
1: all we ask for, though, right? Yeah. Like... Yeah. You know, Anthony Davis being questionable. Yep. We're getting that report while he's at uh, while he's at, in San Francisco bouncing around in an Aaron Jones jersey. Are you
0: still fighting with people that don't think Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback of no, all time already?
1: Like, no, it's just, it's just like this thing keeps popping up. There's this one guy that's like really pissed off about it. I don't know why. <laughs>
0: well, Cody Tapp luckily joins us right now. 610 Sports in Kansas City. Uh, yeah, so Ryan's dealing with the, the people that think uh, Patrick Mahomes isn't the greatest quarterback of all time. That's on Instagram. So yeah. that's going on behind the scenes. I would say this for what he's been able to do even with really the worst year statistically of his career with those wide receivers that he's got. I regularly call them the walking brain farts because they're always making mistakes left yeah. and right. I think it's a testament, Cody, to how damn good he is because he's in an AFC title game with, I do like Rasheed Rice, but an aging Travis Kelsey and scraps after that. It's
3: it's so weird the way people view him. You know that so the MVP winner, we all know that, if you were betting, it's going to be Lamar Jackson. Patrick Mahomes has more total yards, uh, more total touchdowns, the same amount of turnovers. The only difference is a little bit in the win-loss this year by a game or two, and it was close late. That's it. Other than that, Patrick Mahomes' down year is the MVP year for Lamar Jackson. Is kind of how I view uh, whether or not anyone wants to view him as not the best quarterback in the league.
1: What do you think about this matchup this week, though, for the Chiefs on the offensive side of the ball going against this Ravens defense, you know, top five, pretty much every metric, Um, you know, who do you expect to have a big game for Kansas City? I figure Travis Kelsey will probably finish anywhere with like seven to eight catches in this game for 150 yards and two touchdowns because that's what he does. But uh, what matchup do you like and what scares
3: you the most coming up on that side of the ball? I'll give you that on Kelsey, by the way. He averages over 90 yards in a score, I think, in this playoff career. So, pretty safe to assume. Yeah. Travis Kelsey will be up. I, I worry a little bit about it, but because the Chiefs are playing better offense over the last two games, honest, honestly, probably maybe the two, best two-game stretch they've had all year, I assume Pacheco will be big, Rasheed Rice, and Travis Kelsey. Outside of that, I don't expect anyone to have big games. They find an excuse to throw it to MVS or throw it to McColl or... Or in previous parts of the year, they might have thrown it to Sky Moore, who's hurt, or Tony. But they'll find a way to give it to Justin Watson or one of those other answer players once or twice. But they've accepted one very obvious thing that the rest of us knew about their offense the rest of the way. Only three players outside of Mahomes matter. Pacheco, Kelsey, Rice. Assume those three guys get a huge bulk of the work and then everyone else maybe picks up the scraps. I don't mind any time touchdowns for random players because, look, Andy will give it to McCole Hartman at the goal line whether he fumbles it or not. But honestly, the same three players are who will be big for Chiefs.
0: You know, Isaiah Pacheco, we saw the flashes last year, and there were moments where I was like, why is he not getting the ball more? Why is he not getting more touches? I'm sure you guys talked about that plenty there. And it was kind of felt like the same way this year until, uh, from my eyes, outside... Looking in, I've watched every game, but not, you know, to the level that you guys obviously are. They're talking about this team nonstop. Has it felt like more recently they finally understood what they have in Isaiah Pacheco? Or has that kind of been trending in this direction for a while?
3: Not for, well, maybe like a halfway point of the season, I felt mm-hmm. that way. Because I'll, I'll be honest, one, one of the bets, both me and my co-host were all over for this past week, was Isaiah Pacheco's over on the carries, which was 14 and a half. It was the very last snap of the game that we still had to sweat out. Carry yeah. number fifteen, and for a while he was averaging. Oh, eight, I was right yards there. I was right there with the you, game. Cody.
0: Sweating. Ugh. Oh, it was awful, awful.
3: It, yeah, wh- way too much. So he does have sixteen or more carries more times in the second half than in the first half by a lot, more than double. So they are using him more, but you do have to still fear the like Andy Reid game. That is, nah, I'm okay. I don't care about the run game. he just forget about it every once in a while. I just think they have to use Pacheco because these teams have shortened the games, and I think the Chiefs are better off playing that kind of game, too. They might as well shorten it, too, and just see who can do more with five possessions. Yeah, what do
1: you think about the total in this game? Open 46, we're down to 44 and a half. Two really good defenses. Kansas City, a really good defense. I mean, Spags is a defensive genius, and I know they kind of got bullied like the first three quarters against Buffalo, but then in the fourth quarter, really in the whole second half, they stopped the run.
3: What do you think about this total now that it's dipped to forty-four and a I, half? I, so I liked it better at forty-six. I'll be honest, but yeah. I still think that that's a I still think that that's a number that I would I'd be flirting with the under. I think the Chiefs have only allowed seven points or less in every second half in seven consecutive games. So three zeros, seven a couple of times, six a few times, right? But they don't let up second half points. And I know Baltimore's got the number one scoring offense, number two scoring offense, but they're shutting down everybody. And I think that that's like, okay, no more Zay Flowers. What does their offense look like if they've just got to rely on Odell Beckham? He's got five catches in his last four games. So unless Mark Andrews is going to come right off of the injury tree, and we don't know he's going to play, and immediately have some big offensive output, I think that this game is a lot lower scoring than last week. I think as that game got into the 20s, this game wouldn't surprise me if it ended 17-14, 21-17, somewhere in that range. So I'd still be near the under. I would just feel less good about it than when it originally came out.
0: Now I know you said you mentioned Pacheco, Rasheed Rice, and Travis Kelsey as the three offensive weapons. Obviously, that you know you can count on for the Chiefs. You were on this show a while ago, and it's always stuck with me. And you pointed out those low numbers for receivers and just trying <laughs> to target one or two props. You know, like you're looking at 11, 12, 13 receiving yards, whatever the case is. If you gotta pick one, who would it be? Who would you target outside of that big three as a pass catcher? Watson this week.
3: Um, I'm just mm. rotating through for the most part, right? That's how I end up choosing them sometimes. I think some would be easy for someone to be like, well, NVS is coming off a big game. What do I think NVS is making that contested catch two weeks in a row? No, no. Watson's the same as NVS. In fairness, he will maybe get one or two catches, but it's going to be for twenty or more yards. So if you're just taking a low total and saying whose number can I go over? it's him and he is the forgotten man in the offense he's been a lot quieter lately because of what they've done with rice and others which is how they're gonna try to take advantage of it i think the the baltimore secondary is so good kyle hamilton's so good they probably can slow down travis kelsey more than other teams can because they've got the actual personnel which means they're going to need some ancillary secondary wide receiver to at least step up a little bit i'd take a shot on justin watson this week just because they finally had some big play but yeah, I almost don't think you can go wrong. Like, if you wanted to put all the names in a hat and just be like, eh, it Watson or MVS or McColl, you're probably fine. The only difference with McColl is he doesn't run a route past five yards. So, if you're thinking you can get all the yardage in one play, you might as well go with the other two.
0: So, right now, Justin Watson, Ryan, uh, 14.5 receiving yards, minus 120 to the under, mi- under minus 120 to the over. MVS, 13.5 uh, minus 120 to the over there. So You know who there's I think two. might
1: have a couple catches, and you could tell me if I'm crazy here, Cody, and don't bet this at all. <laughs> but, you know, like the reason I was talking about this early on in the show, I was listening to the Kelsey podcast, and he was talking about Hardman, and Travis was like, man, yeah. I miss my block, and I feel terrible. He's going to have a big game coming up this week. And we know, like, Pat always picks his teammates up. Do you think there's a chance that maybe Andy does look to get him some touches in this game? after what went down last week? Because I tweeted immediately as, like, Hardman's never going to see the field again. <laughs> but that's not how the Chiefs roll, man. That's not how Andy Reid rolls. Any chance? I mean, it's a short number. He needs two catches. Any chance that he no, gets it's... that or
3: he's involved in the offense? I wouldn't rule it out. So here's here's why I said I wouldn't rule it out. They gave him V.S. three months to fail. <laughs> they gave him time yeah. and time again. One mistake didn't get him down. I The thing that we always thought, the reason why McCole would be involved in some way was – In week 18, when they benched everyone else, they had McCole Hardman, who was coming fresh off the IR or the IL. They had him play 100% of the snaps, which meant they wanted to get a feel for it too. No more Tony, no more Sky. So those like two, three, four missing targets in the offense, they find McCole. And the catches thing is a better way to play than the yardage for him, just because you got a better shot of them throwing it short of the sticks and finding him a couple of times than anywhere else. The biggest problem the Chiefs have with some of those catch totals is what you saw last week. Which is, look how many less plays they ran the Buffalo. Because teams, again, are having 10, 12, 14 play drives. They're not possessing it as long. So sometimes they don't have enough targets to justify going to McColl. I just wonder how that'll go, depending on how well Baltimore runs the ball. They're obviously a great run offense. We don't doubt that. But I still think the Chiefs can do some things better than they did last week, especially if Willie Gay plays.
0: Talking to Cody Tap, BetMGM tonight. Yeah, we talk about that run defense for the Chiefs. That it, look, this has been the best defense that they've had under Patrick Mahomes. But we know that that the run defense specifically can can be exploited, and we know that that's a Ravens' strength. How much of a concern is the Ravens' run game for you against specifically the Chiefs' run defense? Knowing that you know your secondary is much more of a strength there.
3: Yeah, the run defense is mediocre. It's the only bad part of their team, which is uh, you know defensively. It's the only weakness so yeah i mean why wouldn't i worry about it against one of the best running offenses in the nfl but so for the middle part of the season the numbers that put them at league average that was when they were missing part of their linebacker crew they were missing nick bolton and then they were missing willie gay for different stretches of time they said today that there was no structural damage for willie gay he tried to get back in the game last week so i'm kind of assuming he's going to find a way out in the field on sunday even though he didn't practice today so i think that there are more things they could do the missing piece that won't play is Derek Nottie. He's one of the best run-stuffing defensive linemen. So, look, they're going to get something out of it. The run game is going to work to a point with Baltimore. But what they did with Buffalo is how they can still win separate from that, which is if you take a running offense, you just let them run it all the time, kind of like that, they sometimes have a hard time restarting the pass once Mahomes puts them behind. So if you're in the fourth quarter and you have to fire up the passing game again, I don't think Buffalo could ever find it. They never found the rhythm again because of that. And I think there's a weird advantage in that by forcing a team to just be one-sided if you can be a good red zone defense team, which the Chiefs have been. Let them go down there just as long as you keep them out of the end zone.
1: Yeah, this game's going to be awesome. What are your thoughts on the NFC Championship game? Bigger spread, obviously. Lions, seven-point dogs. Total in the game, 51. Um, San Francisco, the huge favorite. Minus
3: 350 on the money line. What do you like in the NFC Championship game? I mean, the 49ers have been one of the best teams all year. But they're no, like, I think we talk about them like they're not different than of the other four teams remaining, in which there was a stretch during the season for all four of these teams that we're like, are we sure they got it? Are we, sh- are we sure? The Lions had that yeah. stretch. The Chiefs absolutely had that stretch. But so did the Ravens. The Ravens had, I mean, they were losing to the Colts and Dorian Thompson-Robinson. And you're like, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know if that's the squad, right? You didn't think for sure that that was them. The 49ers lost three straight games against not very good teams. They just throttled Miami, a team that we all considered frauds, and then that San Francisco win. That San Francisco win when, um, you know, Baltimore took it to them. That, to me, coupled with last week, makes me think San Francisco's not as strong as everyone thinks they are. I, I like the spread for Detroit, for sure. I'd be tempted by the money line. It's supposed to be 70 and sunny. If there's one thing we know about Jared Goff, is that if it's nice outside or he's inside... He's going to play some pretty yeah. good football. I, You know, I if it's 70 and sunny, I assume he can hang with Brock Purdy, which is still another thing we don't know, by the way. He had a good regular season. Brock Purdy's played in like one and a half postseason games. I, you know, like that's not enough for me to just feel like, sure, they're good for a touchdown. I like the spread for sure, but I'd be tempted to take him straight up.
0: Yeah, I got to be honest with you. I think we all can relate to being happy when it's 70 and sunny. So I don't think uh, Jared Goff is alone yeah. in that. Got about a minute left, Cody. Your thoughts on uh, Jim Harbaugh taking the Chargers job?
3: Oh, man, you know what? I was a little bit worried that national pundits were going to find a reason to pick the Chargers to win the AFC West this year, and yet Harbaugh <laughs> showing up. <laughs> i done. Honestly, I feel a little bit – you would mentioned New Heights earlier. I feel a little bit like Travis when he got asked about Bill Belichick, and he was like, well, I don't want a good coach here. Harbaugh's a good coach. I would have preferred they hired some – offensive coordinator they thought was good who eventually fell fat, flat on their face. Harbaugh will get wins. He's won anywhere he's ever been. But unless he can untap the offense that hasn't been untapped with Justin Herbert and solve $44 million in negative cap, he's still going to be behind the eight ball in charges, at least for LA for a few years.
0: Yeah, listen, Kansas City, no matter what, shows us every single year when you have Patrick Mahomes and you have Andy Reid, always in the mix, every single time. Cody Tap, 610 Sports, Kansas City. Great to talk to you again, man. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. I wonder what it's like to cover the Chiefs. Like, just on a daily basis. To talk about this team and know that... Now, I know, like when we had Jeff on earlier, Jeff Feinberg on earlier, right? Chiefs fans panicking this year. You think that all is lost. You're so used to seeing the success. Here they are again in the AFC Championship game. Every single year, no matter what. And we even said, right, heading into the postseason, I was like, is this year we maybe don't get to say the trust in Mahomes? No, never mind. It's, it's, It's still good. I don't want to name any names, but we did have yeah. some
1: people that came on and were like, I think a good bet is the Chiefs to miss the playoffs. And I was like,
0: I well, don't. Well, that person was uh, wrong, I would say. I think
1: Ostrowski actually said that, too. What I do to not name any names. I'm going to oh. text them. And you ask should them.
0: text Joe O. right now. No, you know what? He
1: said that last year. And they oh, okay.
0: Won. What did they do last year? Though? Oh, they won the Super Bowl. That's right. It's yeah. the Tonight. Now, back to BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. You know, we joke about the Wizards a lot, Ryan, but I will say this. Marvin Bagley, since being traded to the Wizards, three double-doubles in four games, before that prop market really starts to catch up to it, that's a guy to look at.
1: Marvin Bagley, Yeah, I love how uh, the Wizards, you know, even when they fall to the Timberwolves, 118-107, or they fall to any team in the league, they mm-hmm. always have nice little inspirational uh, stat lines at the bottom.
0: <laughs> well, right? When when the team owns your network now, like, uh, it's always going to be nice things. Wizards fall to Timberwolves, but... But Daniel Marvin Gafford
1: Batten. is 3-2 against Joel Embiid. And no, it was
0: 3-3 at the time. That was the greatest yeah. stat I've ever seen for a team fluff type of thing.
1: Like they're playing one on one, you know?
0: Yeah. The Daniel Gafford like was three and three all-time against Joel Embiid.
1: What? Now we gotta get him back out there for a game of uh 21 tip because we gotta have the uh the rubber match. Oh can't my have god. them both walking out of the arena three and three. I'm in the sweat chamber officially. Oh god, all right. We got Rodam to- I don't give a piss about nothing but the Todd. <laughs> Alabama up sixty-seven sixty-three on Auburn, five nineteen to go. Yesterday, PJ wouldn't stop talking about this game. He was so excited. The
0: Iron Bowl, but on the on the hardwood. It's not, It doesn't have the same ring to it. No, no. Just not the same thing. No. College <laughs> football, greatest sport ever. I used to. I
1: still do love college hoops, man. But I just don't get into it the way that I used to. I used to be able to tell you every single roster. Mm-hmm. Give you the top twenty-five AP coaches poll. Give you the Ken Palm rankings. I just, I can't do it anymore. I just, I love football so much. I probably shouldn't admit this. I don't care about the NBA. I don't care about college basketball. I sure as hell don't talk about baseball. Bosses, if you're listening, I apologize. I only want to talk about football. Do you want to do football. a uh,
0: baseball podcast again? God, no.
1: <laughs> no. Not even with my best friend, Cody Decker. Not even with him. Well, you know how they could get me to do a baseball podcast? How's though? that? All right, you could get Tiffany Amber Thiessen to co host with me, which, okay. by the way, Happy Tiffany. Happy 50th, shout out. Tiff, I was going to say, Tiff, I know you listen to the show. She's a big fan of Wagertainment. Um, and she loves You Better You Bet, but she also likes us, too, which is cool. She said uh, she might see us in Vegas mm-hmm. and actually hang around for our show, too, which would be nice. And then, uh, number two, if you got me Sammy Sosa as my co host, then I would do it. Baseball has been very, very good to me because Sammy Sosa has been boycotted in Chicago. For way too long, he's been outcasted. Bring Sammy home. Put that on Instagram, damn it. Bring Sammy home. Guys, save baseball in the 90s. Guys, save the Cubs organization with the home run chase. Let Sammy come home. People have done much worse. Sure, he was a terrible teammate. Sure, he liked to blast his own music, and his teammates hated him in that clubhouse. But bring Sammy home, damn it. Oh, sorry. Sorry for hijacking the show. What, what did you want to
0: talk about? You know what? That was good. I want you to get that out. I know it's been bothering you for a while. Bring Sammy home! Damn it! Let him go so Ryan can be happy again. <laughs> nothing
1: Nothing made me feel the joy that I felt when a young 9, 10-year-old Ryan Horvath would go to Wrigley Field, and I'd say, Dad, why bother? We're 32 games back, and it's June. What are we going for? Kevin Ori Day? And he'd say, well, we get to see Sammy Sosa. And we'd go to those games. We'd stay all nine innings. Everybody else would leave, even on a school day. And we would sit there. It would be eight to one. Sammy Sosa would come up in the bottom of the ninth and hit a solo shot to make it eight to two. <laughs> but damn it, would I celebrate? That was awesome.
0: You know what I just realized? Bring back HGH. What we had? I've always said this. Let's let Free baseball. Pla- let baseball players use steroids. Don't care. Yeah, I don't care. And Tristan Thompson. Make too. your own choice. And Tristan Thompson, who took steroids, too. Wild, right? I. Isn't I think like
1: our age? <laughs> I mean,
0: isn't that for like a uh, – I got buddies still that it's like I go back home and they're like, you,
1: you want to cycle? And I'm like no no. like, no. no, I'm just trying to make it's, it to 40, dude. You should probably just, have the same maybe goal. Maybe
0: just a half cycle. How about that? You could just do a half cycle. I just realized, though, that our area, you know, the D.C. area now, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to include Baltimore in this too, is that a couple of Chicago legends finish up their careers here. Michael Jordan with the Wizards. Sammy Sosa was an Oriole. I forget about I that. I went and watched him play. He had a home run in the, the first game I ever saw him play as an Oriole. Let me guess. Nobody was on base. They were already down eight runs. I think so. That seems about right. That's what made me think about it. I was like, oh, yeah. I went and saw Sammy Sosa at Camden Yards in college. Yeah, man. I, uh, <laughs> I, I forget about that. Yeah, most I people tr- do. I try to forget about
1: Jordan with the Wizards. That was a oh, rough time of my life. So
0: let me tell you, uh, everybody in DC also forgets about Michael Jordan with the Wizards. I think Scott can attest to that. It's uh it's 45. Kinda, it's just it's just thrown away. Yeah. Just doesn't exist. Uh Sammy Sosa with Baltimore for one year, played in hundred and two games, had three hundred and eighty at bats. Where are the home runs here? That's all we care about. Where's the dingers? Fourteen home runs. There you go. Fourteen for Sammy.
1: Baseball was so great in the nineties because
0: like two twenty one, by the way. Yeah.
1: You, you could clearly tell who was juicing, and it was pretty much everybody. But the way that you would tell, like, Brady Anderson was my favorite story. He went from hitting, like, nine homers a year, batting leadoff for Baltimore mm-hmm. yep. to one year hitting 50. 50 dingers. <laughs> and then, like, two years later, it was just back to hitting, like, eight. That was crazy.
0: I, that was that was just a wild, wild era in yeah, baseball. Yeah, we just knew it.
1: My dad's like, "Well, the pitchers aren't juicing," and I was like, "Yeah, they are I was are like too. nine, and I was like, "Yes, they it's, are." It's
0: it just depends on how you train. You can use them in in all types of ways, and that's not just for home runs. All right, it's not just for power in that way. My last
1: rant would be put. Put uh, also also mm-hmm. Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. Yes, guy has more hits than anybody. Literally yep. the greatest hitter. We're all in Major betting League on baseball, baseball now. It's fine. Never bet on his team to lose. He was managing the team, and he only bet on his team to win. If anything, I think that he should be more of a Hall of Famer. And let's also get the guys that we're juicing, we're taking steroids. Let's just get them in the Hall of Fame. Even if you want to put them like in a separate category, the Wall of Shame, because baseball, <laughs> and this is what I hate about baseball, man. Like, the beat writers with mustard on their shirts. They're all, like, old school, right? And and, and you don't want to change anything. And everything's old school, right? But, like, you, everything's about the history of the game. Well, how do you recognize the history of the game and eliminate 10, 15, two decades, a whole decade pretty much, of Major League Baseball where guys were juicing. So you put him in the hall of shame. You got Barry Bonds there. And also Just call him the steroid Bonds. wing.
0: Steroid wing. There you go. And
1: Barry Bonds was one of the greatest baseball players of all time before he was even taking juice, man. Before his head literally got like bigger blew up. Yeah. yeah. I mean he was a 30-30 guy, thirty stolen bags, thirty homers, could hit, could field. So put the guys in, man.
0: I'm put the steroid freaks in. Well what I've always said is that it was an even playing field because everybody was taking steroids. So let's stop acting like they had an advantage because there was a ton of guys doing it. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, it's... Sure,
1: that, your package is going to shrink. You're going to live like 15 years shorter. Not but, going to live yeah. 15 years... Yeah, well, you know what I meant. It's but that's Thursday it. That's, it. that's their Wednesday, choice. Whatever the hell it is
0: What today. day is it? It is, it is a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday. So uh, I'm with you on all that. Yes. Yeah. And Pete Rose, get him in. We're all betting on baseball now. Who cares? Yeah. He's certain... Right, right? Think about NFL players yeah. that, that have bet on the NFL. They were suspended a year. I think Pete Rose has done his time. I think we're good. Yeah. If it's legal, he should be able to get back out there. And while we're at it, anybody in a state where marijuana is legal, that should be they should be have out of jail too. Damn it. Yeah. That's another thing. I agree. Hey, you want to talk politics for a while? Maybe some religion? No. Yeah. No. Okay. We're not. We're not gonna. Not gonna do that. We so can. <laughs> we lost some
1: we lost some sponsors doing that in Milwaukee though. So
0: yeah. Oh yeah, I will never uh we'll never go down that road. Uh 67 Alabama over Auburn, three oh five to go. Alabama's a three and a half point favorite. Pissable, but the I, need the I need him, I
1: need man. Alabama doesn't play a whole lot of defense, but they could shoot the rock. They're one of the better scoring teams in the country. I like Nate Oates, but he's a little bit of a loose cannon. Great suit game. Doesn't wear a tie. Yeah, that is true. Kind of unlike myself. But he also has the tendencies every once in a while, like, try to fight a kid. Like, he pushed a <laughs> player a couple nights ago. I don't know if you guys saw this. <laughs> I did like, see that. He was in an R- we came into the what huddle. He, he just yeah, in, man. He just
0: shoves <laughs> the kid on the opposing team. I was like, who do you think you are? Jawan Howard? He came into the huddle, though, in his defense. Yeah, yeah, but you can't shove the so kid. So there was that. You can't shove the kid. You okay, like, yes, fine. I, gotta, I agree with up. that. You know,
1: like like the classic gym teacher move. Break it up. Break it up, you two. Break it up.
0: Man, I'll tell you what. So at one point, the Mavs had a 16-point lead over the Suns. It's 58-57 Dallas at halftime now. I don't think Luka MVP futures are dead yet. No, he's got 24 points at halftime. Four of eight from three. Uh, Three rebounds, five assists. I would never want to bring up an injury to Joel Embiid, but injuries do
1: happen. They do. To big men. And Jokic, same thing. And maybe there's some voter fatigue. Maybe you got to get somebody else in there. I, I don't think we're Luke there with Embiid shit. yet, though. I don't, I don't think either. we're there. No, especially if he's going to be dropping 70 burgers. Right.
0: It's it's still his window. Like, guys have a certain window where they can win the award, and then the voter fatigue sets in. If you win one, you're kind of there for a back-to-back. Then you start talking about a three-peat. Nah, it's not going to happen. It's really just kind of an opportunity to win two or, like, two over three years or depending on how people are. Right now, Luca is 9-1 to one to win the MVP.
1: Yeah, see, and, like, guys are never – like, that market's never dead, though. Like, last year was a perfect example where I thought my Embiid ticket was dead with a month mm-hmm. and a half to go in that season. And then remember Jokic um, – well, they rested him a couple games, and Embiid just went on that tear. And even with the six Man of the Year award, too, like, it looked like Quickly was going to run away with the award. Mm-hmm. I believe he was, like, minus 250. I mm-hmm. had the Brogdon ticket, and he ended up making a little bit of, run, of a run and winning, it, uh, winning that award, too. So I would look at maybe at a Luka. Just be – who would you rather play, Luca or Shea?
0: Who would I rather p- like play against? Like,
1: or who who do you oh. think has more like a more legit case to win MVP? Because I don't like we talked about. I don't know that the Thunder are going anywhere, and if they're a top three seed, man, so and you got a dude averaging thirty, you might have to be the MVP.
0: But again, it's it's tough because there usually is a case. Derrick Rose was the outlier where he just kind of came out of nowhere and won it young at twenty two years old without having been. In the conversation for a couple of seasons. Next guy up. The next guy up is like a really, really big thing when you're talking about the NBA MVP. But if you're looking at where the Thunder are right now, they're 30-13. and 13. They stay there while Dallas is in the eight spot. Luka's not winning that over Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Now, is he winning it over Joel Embiid if the Bucks are sitting there in the 3 spot and the Thunder or the 2? Like, that's kind of what it comes down to. You're going to be doing a lot of just splitting hairs with it. Yeah. But I just... I think even if Shea continues to do what he's doing, let's say everything stays right where it is. Like, the season ends right now. The Sixers are the three-seed in the East. The Thunder are the two-seed in the East. Okay. So they're relatively in, in, in similar spots. Joel Embiid's leading the league in scoring at 36 points a game. Shea's in there at 31 I think Embiid still gets it because he won it last year and looks better than he did last year. And I think Shea ends up getting a lot of first-place votes, yeah. a ton of second- and third-place votes, and then comes in, let's say, second or third, depending on where the points are. But it just still feels like Embiid is Embiid is in the thick of the storm right now as an MVP You know, as MVP talk is swirling and Shea's kind of starting to creep into the mix where people are going to start taking him more seriously.
1: I mean, the Thunder are 30 and 13. He's clearly the best player, but they have other guys. They have Chet, who most Mm -hmm. likely, well, I was going to say most likely wins Rookie of the Year. I don't know. Wemby's getting his minutes upped, but I mean, he has a legit shot to do that. Giddy's been really good, whereas with Luca, man. Okay, so the Mavs are 24-19. and Right now, they'd be the 8th seed, but they're only two games back from being the 5th seed. Luke is averaging 33, 8, and 9. He leads the teams in points, rebounds, and assists. He's played every game, pretty much, and Kyrie's only played in 27. Tim Hardaway is probably their second best player right now. Because Kyrie's barely playing games this year. He's only played 27. That'd be my case for Luka. Leads the team in every statistical category.
0: It's just tough, though. I mean, Russell Westbrook won MVP as a six seed, but that was the triple-double year, the first triple-double year. It's really hard to not have one of the best records in the NBA and not win that MVP. It really matters versus Rookie of the Year. Doesn't matter as much. Final hour coming up. Bet MGM tonight.